Thank you for downloading the Beacon Church podcast. We hope that you enjoy today's message and that you find that God speaks to you through it. Hello. Um, I'm just going to read from uh, Matthew 20, verse 20 um, to 28. Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him and her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, what do you want? She said to him, say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Jesus answered, you do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? They said to him, we are able. He said to them, you will drink my cup. But to sit at my right hand and my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those whom it has been prepared by my father. And then the ten heard it, and they were indignant at the two brothers. But Jesus called them to him and said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lord it over them, and their great ones exercise authority over them. It shall not be so among you, but whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave, even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. Father, we do, um, we do thank you for your Son and all that he accomplished. And I do thank you for your word and all that it reveals about who you are and who we are. And Father, I pray that as we look into your word, that you would reveal yourself to us, that we would leave here knowing with greater clarity and greater affection who you are. Father, I pray that you prepare our hearts to hear your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. For those of you that have um, been here for the last couple of weeks, you'll know that we're doing a um, a series on um, kind of church community. And um, last two weeks, Phil has spoken the first week on prayer um, and the second week um, on giving. Um, I wasn't actually here last week, um, but I heard it was a great sermon, Phil. Um, And this week, I get the pleasure, the the honour to to talk about serving, serving. Um, I'm obviously, you know, the most equipped to be able to do this talk, which is why they've put me forward, because um, I am a great server. Um, a bit about my background is I used to go to quite a large church. Um, I was part of the chair stacking team. Um, you think it's hard in this church, you know, there's 1,500 people at that one. Stacking chairs, you have to get there, on, you know, on Thursday. You start, you know. And I used to go every chair, faithful in the small things. <laughs> um, so I've been on a few rotors. But I don't know about you, but when you hear the word serving, some of you um, who have been in church a while, you might have, uh, I didn't see it on your faces, but there might have been a little bit of an internal groan. Oh no. Here comes the sermon in which we're going to do a little rally call. We're going to say, Jen's going to be at the back and she's going to have pen and paper, and I'm going to hype you all up to say, you know, we're low on welcome, we're, um, we're low on creche, hospitality has become um, inhospitable. Um, 
and I'm going to use phrases like, get plugged in, get plugged in. And you're all going to go, okay, I don't know what that means. <laughs> if you're new to church and you've not, you know, you might be deceived by this. You might think to yourself, oh, I'll help out. <laughs> so you go to the back, you see Jen and you say, oh, you know, I'd like to help out. She says, oh, I just want to let you know we, we run like a one in seven policy here. And you think, oh, I can do one in seven weeks. And she's like, hmm, one in seven days. <laughs> you're, 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 you're every... Every week, and, and you serve for I don't know how many weeks, and you you start you know you start to realise that this is actually pretty tough. You've got a second job. Um, you find that you're on fourteen rotors, um, and most of us, we when we've heard the kind of giving sermon, you know, we're we're the kind of people. So look at the demographic of this church. We're the kind of people that giving. Yeah, we can, we can do. We work hard in a week. We're pretty, you know, I'll put a direct debit on that. And I'm like, yeah, I don't even have to think about it. And every so often I'll be like challenged by a sermon. I think, I'll have to buy five pounds. But actually, what giving is to, for our substance, serving is for our time. And actually, we're a time poor people. Like, I look at, I know you guys, you know, I know, and I, you know, I, I'm like, oh man, I'm so pissed, I'm so tired, and all the, all the parents are like, really? <laughs> tired, are you? <laughs> and when you look at the church that um, I, I, I was in before, it's a large, and you know, there's a, there's a the kind of rule that basically 20% of people do 80% of the work, but actually that's like a cruise liner. And there's a few people and everyone else is kind of... We're on like a small little dinghy here. And we're all like... (laughs) (laughs) Rowing, everyone, help out. Everyone, there's 100% of people do 100% of the work. We're all involved. Everyone's on a rotor. There's no one here that's not on a rotor. So I'm not going to do this rally cry to get people on rotors. That's not what this is going to be about. Because when you hear a verse that, you know, Psalm 100 that... Phil spoke about, you know, serve the Lord with gladness. You're like, I serve the Lord with, through gritted teeth. I'm like, oh my goodness, I've got to do another rota. I've got to give up more of my time for this church thing. And the reality is, a lot of us can get burnt out and the fruit of our serving is bitterness and not blessing. And we get bitter and we get disillusioned and we get frustrated and, and church starts to be like, you know, I really don't want to go to church this week because... I've got, to, I've got to run the thing. <laughs> so that, you know, why is the fruit of our serving bitterness and not blessing? There must be something that we're missing. So what I did is I looked at the Bible. It's a good place to start. Um, and just to see what we can learn from it. And this is, this is kind of what I've learned. And for some of us, you know, this might be a reminder of stuff that you already know. And for some of us, um, it might be new. And I think for all of us, we need to know it. I need to keep reminding ourselves of it. So there's a whole bunch of verses that say that we should serve God. A whole bunch. Like David's psalm in Psalm 100, serve the Lord with gladness. You've heard Joshua say, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. You know, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. There's so many verses, and you're like, okay, I'm going to serve the Lord, I'm going to serve the Lord. But then you read a verse in Acts 17, 25, where Paul addresses a crowd in Athens, and he says, To the God who made the world and everything in it, being Lord of heaven and earth, 
He does not live in temples made by man, nor is he served. Nor is he served by human hands, as though he needed anything, since he himself gives to all mankind life and breath and everything. And then you read the verses that I read before in Matthew 20, where Jesus says, I came to serve and not be served. So hold on, there's a contradiction here, is there not? We've got a whole bunch of verses that we're reading in the Bible, and we're going, serve the Lord, and you're like, okay, I'll serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord, serve the Lord. And Jesus says, I didn't come to be served. He's the image of the invisible God. He is God, made flesh. I didn't come to be served. So, Hanan, do we serve God, or do we not serve God? And I would argue that the misunderstanding here between serving God and um, the way in which we've kind of looked at it and the way in which we've narrowed it down is potentially the reason that the fruit of our serving is bitterness and not blessing. So, what I've tried to do is, is break, out, um, break out serving for us as a, from a biblical point of view. Um, so, I went to, we went for dinner with Pete and Lucy, um, and um, Pete mentioned to me that he got the Amplified version of the Bible, and you know, I, a bit of banter, I kind of scoffed and said, you know, you shouldn't add to the word of the Lord. Um, and then Pete, you know, cool, calm Pete, he, he just said to me, well, actually, John, um, <laughs> um, what you'll find is that when one language is translated into another, you can, you, you know, one word might not suffice to be the correct translation for a, a word. So actually... Building more into it, um, you can read around it and actually get more of the original translation. And I was like, shut up, Pete. <laughs> but he's right. He's right. And I like ate my word. Right? Never again will I challenge Pete. <laughs> you see, the problem is, there is a, sometimes when we move one word and we just put it in the Bible and you see the word serve there, you put on it what you believe serving is, um, as opposed to seeing like, what it actually means in the context of that verse. And what we narrow it down to is ser- service is work. And so I've defined work as the toil, the physical effort, the investment of strengths and gifts and abilities into another. When you serve, you are saying... Here is all that I have, and I'm going to invest it. I'm going to give it. It's like a transfer of gifts. And what we do is we see the kind of commands to serve, and we see all of this serve, serve, serve in the Bible, and it narrows our focus, and it narrows our view of what service is to this is what we do. This is what we contribute. This is our effort, our toil, our gifts and abilities and strengths that we are to invest into someone or something. And actually what that leads to is an inflation of our view of what we actually contribute. You see, the, 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 eyes, the, the eyes on the Bible are on the protagonist which you believe to be you. Now that's a challenge. When you see it, you see, oh, no, I've got to do this and I've got to do this and I've got to, I'm going to do the Lord's work. Actually, it's an inflated view of what we bring to the table sometimes. And I do that. I've said this before, actually, I think last time I preached, that when I became a Christian, I was like, God is happy that I'm on his team. (laughs) It was like the lineup and a playground, and and God was like, I want that guy. And I'm like, 
Okay then, Lord. If I must, you know, I've come with quite a few gifts and abilities and strengths. (laughs) I believe you're laughing because that's how you feel, right? Not because... Okay. Um, And that leads to two, I think, major pitfalls when it comes to serving. The first is that we become our salvation. And the second is, is that we become God's solution. So the first is we become our salvation. You know, you run 12 rotors, you're serving every week. You're like keeping this church afloat. Um, but then you think to yourself, is that good enough? You know, God's telling me to serve, you know, serve the Lord with gladness. You're walking around like that, like serving teas, like, I'm tired. Serve the Lord with gladness. And we keep saying yes to stuff because we believe that it contributes to the way people see us and actually how God sees us. And we think that saying yes to Owen is saying yes to God and saying no to Owen is saying no to God. And so Owen's like, you know, we could, we could really do with someone on welcome. You're like, I'll do it. I've got no time, but I'll do it for the Lord. And you're the least welcoming person ever. <laughs> you start to think that God is pleased with you because of what you contribute. And in the context of the church, it's like, you know, I'm doing the Lord's work. I'm doing the Lord's work. The other, the other side of that is that you think you're good enough because of it. So there's, you don't feel like you're good enough, so you keep working hard, working hard. The other side of it, you're in 12 rotors, and, and you, know, you think to yourself, I'm really contributing to the kingdom right now. I am really, I'm a bit of a big deal in the church circle. <laughs> Everyone outside of church is like, Great. (laughs) And we start to get our worth, we start to get our value, we start to feel like God loves us more the more that we do because we see serve this, serve this, and our view of serving is like what we do. The second is that we become God's solution. When you think of God's plans and purposes and the building of his kingdom, you think to yourself, yeah, he's got me on his team. And you think, I'm important to this. I'm important to the, to the success of this church. And don't, don't hear me wrong, you're important to this. But let me explain what I mean by your importance to this. You have a wrong view that feel like you're going to accomplish God's plans. You're going to build his church. And the Bible doesn't say that. The other thing is when you focus on your own gifts and talents is you might be thinking to yourself, actually I've got nothing I can contribute I don't feel like I'm part of God's plan at all. I look at my gifts and my abilities and my talents and I think, you know, I can't serve tea. <laughs> I can't stack out chairs. I'm not, you know, there's other people that are better than, you know, better than me at doing this. I can't tell anyone about God. I, mean, God. I can't talk like that. And what you're doing is you're putting the pressure on yourself for your own salvation and also on God's plans and purposes And you feel like you're either keeping the business afloat or you're letting it down. Actually, what the Bible presents um, is a slightly more complex view of serving. um, And it broadens the description and it creates a narrative for us. There's a story. The Bible is a story um, that if if we get it, if we understand it, there is a glorious shift of focus in the protagonist of the story. 
the main character in the story. When you read the Bible, you stop seeing, okay, I must do this, I must do this, I must do this. I'm going to serve in everything, do everything I possibly can. You start to see that actually serving is used in a different context. And it's pointing towards someone else. So there's two ways in which the Bible talks about serving. That one is the work which I've talked about, the toil, the hard work, the graft, you know, the investment of yourself. The second is worship. Is worship. The word serving is often kind of interchangeable with worship. And worship is I've said, you know, expression of adoration to honour with extravagant love and extreme submission. It's to lay down yourself. So this is the narrative. Follow with me. The first thing in the story to know is that it starts with Jesus. You know, this is, this is the whole point of this whole talk for me. Do you know that Jesus serves us? Jesus serves us. He said in Matthew 20, I came to serve, not to be served. Look at me. Stop looking at yourselves. You know... I love Christmas because it reminds us that the God of the universe humbled himself and became a man. And not only did he become a man, he washed man's feet. He served to the extreme. He serves, he served us then and not only does he serve us then, he says that he serves us now. He says that he intercedes for us now. It says that he gave us his Holy Spirit in order that we might have his spirit in us. It says that he builds his church. He builds his church. And what we find in God's service to us is that there is no deficiencies. He's absolute. He serves us completely. When we think of the gifts and abilities and attributes that, that are invested in work, you know, this is work. This is the service. It's the investment. When we heard about Jesus, you know, if, any, if this could be taken away from me, I, you know, any other way that, I, that this could happen, I will do it. That was an investment. He sweated blood for us. He invested in us. It starts with Jesus. And, you know, when we remove this, everything else falls out of balance. Every other contextual piece of serving God is removed because we forget that actually he first served us. He served us. He serves us. The second is, we serve Jesus. Now, this isn't, as we might imagine, serving in the same context of the work, the toil, you know, the the hard work. And you're thinking to yourself, hold on, actually, you know, serving in the church is quite hard. Now, bear with me. When we serve Jesus, it's worship. It's worship. You'll notice every time it talks about serving the Lord, you can easily you put in the word, translate in the word. If you had the Amplified, you would have seen it. <laughs> you could easily see worship. And it makes sense for us when it says, you know, in Psalm 100, worship the Lord with gladness. Because worship is a response, an adoration that comes as a response to Jesus first serving us. Actually, I could do that. I could worship, I could serve God with gladness because I think about when we spent time thinking about the faithfulness of God in our lives, actually it brought in us a joy. God has been with us. He has served us. He has served me from generations past. When I, when I think about the way God has blessed me and God has honoured me and God has, God has invested in me, I don't start when I was born. 
think about my grandparents. I think about all that he invested in them, all that he served them in. And then passed to my parents, and then passed to me. There's so much more, there's so much in the, in the, first, in the first point that Jesus serves us, that actually when it says we serve him, it makes sense in worship. It makes sense in worship. You know, he doesn't need us. It can't be that it's the toy. It can't be that it's the contribution of our gifts and our... Because he gave them to us. Acts 17, he, he's not served by human hands. Like that, there's a moment where, you know, Paul is challenging these guys in Athens that have, you know, have all these certain gods. And he's like, hold on, if God is God, he doesn't need you. He doesn't need you. Now, you can either be like, oh, hold on, that's a bit harsh. Or you can actually go, actually, that's quite liberating. He's not served with human hands. The best example of this type of service that I find is in Romans 12. Um, so Romans is a heavy book. Only, I'm going to call that Pete again. Only, only Pete's house group would do Romans. <laughs> <laughs> only Pete's house group. I'm like, let's do Psalms, shall we? <laughs> <laughs> Only Pete's house group would do Romans. It's heavy. It's a heavy book. But, but the, the narrative of Romans is, is wonderful, right? You read Romans. It's just all about, you know, we've, we've fallen short. You know, we've exchanged the glory of, the, of God for things that are made. And, you know, and it, it talks about how you know, it basically lays out the gospel in this wonderful exposition. And then Romans 12 comes and it says, in light of all of that, in light of the first 12 in light of the first 11 chapters, present your bodies as living sacrifices, holy and acceptable before God, which is your spiritual, and depending on the translation that you have, service or worship. Present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable before God, which is your spiritual worship. In light of all of that, in light of the first thing that Jesus serves us, and when you take that away and you make it toil, you make it, this is what I'm going to contribute, you miss it. You miss it. And so the third, so Jesus serves us, we serve Jesus, and the next one is, we serve others. And now there's this glorious kind of mix of the, of the two. You see, we worship God in response to what he's done, and we actually work for people. Um, if you have read, you know Matthew twenty, you can you can miss you can miss the fact that um, that it's that Jesus says, "Don't serve me." But what he's actually doing is he's he's giving an example. You notice in the context of that, he's saying, you know, "Don't be like them, be like me." He's giving an example of what you should do. You should serve people and not want to lord it over people. Actually, leadership, greatness is all about humbling yourself and serving. Um, but actually, we miss it even more if we look at Jesus' life and we only see him as an example. We only see him as an example. We see Jesus and all that he did and we look at it and we go, okay, we're going to do it as, as good as... And then we like, and we're like sweating blood. We're on 15 rotors and trying our hardest to serve him. But then you miss that first point. First point, that he continues to serve us. Now, the best examples of this are Peter and Paul. Peter and Paul, you know, you, you read what they, you know, everyone knows who, who Peter is and, and Paul basically writes most of the Bible. Um, these legends, look how they talk about how they serve other people. 
Colossians 1.29, for this I toil. No, I'm working hard. Paul was like, you know, he, he basically evangelized the world. And I'm like, oh, we're going to take Brixton. And I'm like, well, I haven't even spoken to my neighbors. <laughs> you know, he evangelized everyone. He worked hard. You know, he packed into his life a significant amount of serving. But look at what he says. For this I toil, struggling. You know, it's hard work. With all his energy that he powerfully works within me. For this I toil, struggling with all his energy, that he powerfully works in me. And 1 Peter 4, that is wonderfully, wonderfully labelled stewards of God's grace. As each has received a gift, use it to serve one another as good stewards of God's varied grace. Whoever speaks as one who speaks of oracles of God, whoever serves as one who serves by the strength that God supplies. Whoever serves, as one who serves by the strength that God supplies, in order that in everything God may be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him belong glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Do you notice how there's a combination there of these two elements of serving? They say this, I toil, I am working hard for you people. <laughs> I'm, you know, down to the bone. My fingers are down to the bone. I'm working hard for you people. But the source of that hard work is in my worship. The source of that is in my worship. The source of that is in the strength that he supplies, is in the response to the fact that he serves me. You know, if we try and serve without getting that first bit, without letting Jesus serve us, we will work out of our own strength and we, won't, we will get burnt out. And the fruit of your service will be bitterness. And we will complain about all of our contribution to the church. But actually when we recognise when we recognize that God serves us, God serves us to strengthen us to serve others, that our service to him is worship. It's not toil. It's not to gain any kind of approval from him. Then that will liberate us. And I believe that it will change. I believe that it will change the way we serve in church. I believe that you need to understand that before you sign up to anything. I think that if you're currently serving and you're feeling worn out and bitter and, you know, tired of life, I think let's re-look at this. Have we missed something? Are we being served by Jesus? You know, God doesn't look to our gifts and our abilities. He doesn't look to those. If you read the Bible, you'll realise that because everyone he picks doesn't seem to have any. You know? And, you know, there's an amazing story in, in Acts when they're talking about, okay, we need people to serve food. We need people to serve food. Um, the disciples are too busy. They need to do other stuff. They need to be out preaching the gospel. Who's going to serve the food? Right. People with catering experience. No, they don't. they like, who are the people filled with the Holy Spirit? Who are the people that are worshipping God? Who are the people that are submitted to God? And then we'll pick them to serve the food. I mean, I have no idea what sort of food they were serving. <laughs> and everyone's like, should have picked a caterer. They're <laughs> 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 speaking in tongues and you're like, come on. <laughs> it's probably just bread. I mean, they can't get that wrong. 
But you, you see that it's, it's important, and it's important how we, you know how we look to people in church. You know your potential in church and what you can contribute to church is not the gifts and the abilities that you have, because God can give those. You know how it says you know we're stewards of God's varied grace. Like God just gives grace out. He's just like I'm going to give you that gift, and I'm going to you know I'm going to invest this in you and stuff that you don't have currently now. You know God will just give it to you. You submit to him and you say, like, I'm usable. I'm usable. Let him serve you. When God describes him looking across the earth, he doesn't say, I'm looking across the earth for the most talented people to serve him. He says, I'm looking for humble people. I'm looking for people that, that want to be served by me. So then, I could have preached could have preached about how serving is a great way to meet people and develop friendships because it is you know if you get involved in church you don't know anyone you serve you'll get to know people it just makes sense it's a good way to train you in godliness mainly patience mainly patience it's a good way to unearth really deep biblical truths that just don't make sense until you start doing them, like it's better to give than receive, like you invest of yourself, you start to realise actually, wow, this, that kind of countercultural stuff actually makes sense. Um, and it's a good way to develop gifts that God has put in you, you know, if God has given you stuff and you know God has given you stuff, then serving is a great way to kind of um, to do that. But before you do any of those things before you sign up to rotors before you do that remember the protagonist of the bible is jesus and that he serves you he serves you and in response to that we worship him and our worship to him is offering our bodies as living sacrifices holy and acceptable to him and you know what that's the best way in which we serve one another we don't serve out of deficiency. We serve out of the absolute service that God gives us. So I wrote this. How am I going to get you to serve more? I'm going to tell you to read of the Son of God who lowered himself to become a servant in order that servants could be adopted as sons. That by his Holy Spirit, we can serve others with the same power, fervency and steadfastness that continues to serve us today to the glory of his name. Let's pray. Father, forgive us if we have misunderstood how to serve you. And maybe we didn't know what your Bible said or maybe we'd forgotten it. But forgive us. And I pray, Father, that you would remind us that today, now, you still invest in us by the power of your Holy Spirit. That, Jesus, you served us then and you serve us now. And shift our focus from ourselves, Lord God, to the servant king. To the servant king. Challenge us, Lord God. Challenge us that 
for those of us that feel burnt out and bitter. Look at our hearts, God. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. I'm going to ask um, us to stand together. Um, and just to say, I don't know if Josh want to just come up and play a little something. Don't have, it doesn't have to be a song. Just a little, just a little riff. Because um, it's the start of the year, you know, it's still January. Um, and you're all signed up to stuff and you're all investing in this church. And do you know what? I love serving with you guys. I, I'm, my affection for this group of people is at an all-time high, guys. <laughs> it's at an all-time high. No, but it really is. And, um, and you guys invest a lot. We're all in this like, small vessel together, working hard. But I really want to pray that if we have missed the serving thing, missed the fact that we are to be served by Jesus, that we would spend a bit of time to set ourselves straight. Maybe yeah, just close your eyes and, and pray. Maybe ask for forgiveness if you've, if you've been bitter towards your, what you've brought. If you've started to find your salvation in, in, and your approval in what you bring to the church. Is, is serve to minister is to serve so let God minister to you now bring the service to a close but um, if, if there's anyone that really feels like they need to kind of um, be prayed for or um, then, then we're going to have an opportunity to do that like up the front and Owen and Phil I'm sure will pray for you and, um, because I think it's really important um, 
that we get this in us. It's a real important truth. Um, it's really helped me over the last, you know, in preparing it. So, um, so yeah, we're going to officially close there. But do come forward if you if you want to be praying for. You have just listened to a Beacon Church recording. If you would like more information about us, our vision, the team or upcoming events, please visit our website which is beacon-church.org. You can email us at office at beacon-church.com or find us socially on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. You are welcome to share this recording as you wish, but please do not make any edits without express consent. Thank you.